elevator pitch. An elevator pitch is a short description of an idea, product or company that explains the concept in such a way that any listener can understand it in a short period of time. And in News Just In, Acts 10.34. Elevator pitch. This passage from Acts is like Paul's summary of the whole Christ story. It includes everything that Paul thinks matters the most. That God is impartial, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed, and that he was put to death and that he rose and he appeared, and that we must now go out and tell the story. Elevator pitch. They can be tricky things. Sometimes they can be hard to trust, difficult to believe in. I mean, surely anything that can be summarised so succinctly must either be a shallow entity or a lie. And yet here is Peter talking to a Roman soldier of what he believes to be the very essence of the faith. Elevator pitch. Sometimes they can be a little bit too slick, they can miss the mark, they can distract from the truth which is often far messier and filled with complexity. But every leader loves a slogan, and every marketing man loves a pitch. Elevator pitch. Scott Morrison's misleading and deceptive bushfire ad raises serious integrity issues about the PM. The Guardian. Scott Morrison has misread the mood and the marketing response to bushfires has been disastrous. The Australian. Scott Morrison slammed after tweeting 50 second ad spruiking new bushfire measures. News.com. Scott Morrison, the marketing man with nothing to sell except his own empty agenda. Watching the fireworks from Kirribilli while the country burns, grabbing the hand of the broken firefighter who refused to look at him, dismissing the warnings of decades of scientific advice, mocking, minimalising, ignoring the truth, then pitching to the people the lies that this government is doing all it can. I was up at Sale on Wednesday and Bairnsdale on Thursday. I'd been deployed there in my role as an emergency chaplain. refuge I spent most of the day playing with many many small children some of whom belonged to a family of ten. The four-year-old and I did a lot of drawing and at one point she drew a castle which became a wombat and then became a ladybird. ladybird, ladybird. I want to go home she said but I don't want to go to the fire home. We all want to go home. I mean, if I was to do an elevator pitch for Christianity, I would probably tell the story of the prodigal son and the open arms of the father and leave it there. Which brings us back to the beginning of our Acts letter where Peter is telling us that God's primary focus is about forgiveness, 
and about reconciliation. And reconciliation is, of course, all about returning to source. Elevator pitch. Some would say that the whole Bible could be labelled as such, a brief summary of the whole cosmic shebang. Brief, of course, in the context of the billions of years that the planet has spun and songs have been sung and stories told of breath and eagles and stone. Elevator pitch. Perhaps the problem lies in the way that words can only hint at what lies beneath. That first must come the experience and then, then, my friends, then comes the word. And we know that things are true, firstly, through our bodies. Stinging eyes, no disguise, the fear like a thudding, snapping wires, roaring fires, gasping lungs, the thickening in the throat, the smell burning bush and bird and flying higher, it's a pyre. The hairs on my arms curling in the heat, the weight of the wind pushing you sideways, the stagger and the gasp and the bellow of the cattle and the whimper of the child. And ultimately, it, look, it doesn't really matter what we say. It only matters what we do. And what we do is based on what we feel. And the words, they will come later. And we will know that these words are true when they all match up, when there is not a disconnect. So in the case of Peter, his words, his pitch, they tell a story and he knows this story to be deeply true because he was there. His words resonate with Cornelius, the Roman soldier whom Peter is visiting, because Cornelius also has experienced in his body the truth of this story of which Peter speaks. Cornelius says, three days ago I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon and suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and told me to send for you. And you are all here today listening to my words because you too have at some point experienced in your body the presence of the living God as longing, as love and as galvanizing force. So while those in the fire affected areas experience fuel and food shortages, while there are road blockages and power outages and while people remain trapped. And while Scott Morrison has made it clear that his government won't do anything to increase its efforts to fight climate change, it can be hard to believe any elevator pitch, any advertising blitz or any cynical spin that this government bizarrely thinks that they can get away with. Or maybe it's not because they did get voted in on a policy of no policy when it comes to the environment and they understandably have taken this apathy mandate and they've run with it. And for many Australians, the fact that climate change has seemed so incremental and invisible for so long, this has meant that no matter what anyone, including 99% of the world's scientists have said, they haven't really believed it. Until now. Perhaps because now it hurts and now you can see it and now it gets in your eyes and on your skin and now it is impossible to ignore. And now, when we want to go home, we can't because it's gone. 
In the words of people like Mark Brooks, who lost his entire property on Saturday, I feel like a, a smoked out bee. I'm just walking around, burned, and I've lost my hive. I don't know where my hive is. And I've got nowhere to fly back to. Perhaps, now, finally, now will be the time for the Australian people to act.